1: You're talking blues hockey. It's the Joey Vitale Report on 101 ESPN. Brought to you by The Electrical Connection. When you need quality electrical work for your home or business, visit electricalconnection.org.
0: Yo, I'm Brandon. Kylie, let's go out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. It's our favorite time of the week. We get to catch up with our guy, Joey Vitale, Joey, Blues Analyst Joey, Joey. for 101 ESPN. Joey, how you doing, man? What's up, boys? What's up? My favorite time of the week as well. That's what I'm talking about. We love having you. Joey, what's, uh, let, let's start with the penalty kill because we've talked so much about the power play this year and the struggles that the Blues have had on that. What's going on with the PK?
1: Uh, you know, it's just a different personnel uh, BK. I think that, you know, you lose Petrangelo, you lost Bo Meester, you've lost Alexander Steen, Robert Bortuzzo has been on the IR for a while. So uh, in reality, you just have new pieces coming in and, and filling these roles. And, and you know, I was talking to Alex yesterday about it on our show this week in hockey. Shout out. And uh we we were just kind of discussing how, you know, a PK unit when you're when you're out there for two years with somebody or four months with somebody, if it's uh, you know, Gunnarsson and Petrangelo, what it was for a long time, or Pareco and Bow for a long time, O'Reilly, Sunquist, Steiner, Sunquist, whatever it is, it was pretty consistent for the last couple of seasons, right? So like a family, like a team, like a unit, you start reading off each other. It's a relationship, right? So uh, PK is all about reading reactions. You got to read off of the guy next to you. So with these players being around each other, as long as they were leading into this year before we lose Steen and Bo Meester and Petrangelo, of course, they were so so quick at recognizing and reading each other's body language when they were going to go, when they were going to stop, when they were going to cover a lane. You knew Sunny Stick was going to come back there so you can go over here, right? So I think in reality, I think the biggest thing that really stands out is just we have a lot of new guys that are out there and they're still kind of getting used to not only what they got to do, but what everyone else is doing around them so they can read and react. I mean, look. We had Nikola out there killing a six on four. We had Mackenzie McEachern out there for a little bit. Zach Sanford's got some PK time as well. So a lot of young guys, a lot of guys getting tryouts. Jacob Della Rose, another one in there. So with that, you're going to have a lot of new faces, and it's going to take a little time to kind of figure each other out.
2: One of the familiar faces on that PK, Joey, has been Colton Pareco and we heard Craig Berube or saw Craig Berube talk a little bit ago and was asked because Pareco was taking another maintenance day today, and Perico, or Pareco uh, Berube just basically said that, you know, just kind of maintaining the, the off days and making sure that these guys are okay. Do you think there's something going on with Colton Pareco because he just doesn't look like himself this season?
1: Yeah, he, I mean he's not he's not hundred percent. You know, I and mean, that, that's just the, the reality of it. You know, do we know exactly what the injury is? No, does it matter? Not really. Uh, but the fact of the matter is he's not one hundred percent and we have to consider that when when he's playing the game right now. Now the thing about Colton Pereco is when he is sixty percent or seventy percent. He's better than a normal defenseman at probably 90 or hundred percent. And so that's why he's still in the lineup. Now he's not going to be in the lineup if he's going to hurt his team or hurt himself, of course, but he feels good enough to play, right? It is an old saying in hockey, like in sports, are you hurt or are you injured? If you're injured, you can't play. If you're hurt, which I believe he is, you can play, but you're not going to be completely yourself. So the reality is we're not going to see Colton Pareko to everything. He, he has been, and will be maybe for, for quite some time, because, when you're having nagging injuries and all you do is keep playing games and keep logging 20 plus minutes a night, sometimes those nagging injuries, it, it takes a long time for those to recover. If not a lot of times guys, it, it takes a whole off season. So we don't know to the degree, how bad it is. I'll give you an example, like the, the old common uh, sprain, high ankle sprain in hockey, right? That is a four to six week injury. It's miserable. You get back after six weeks and you can retweak it, bam, in an instant. And it's miserable. And you, it takes about three to four months of complete rest, to really fully recover. Now, I'm not saying Colton Freyko has that, but there are a lot of those kind of injuries where you're, you're hurt, but you're not injured, and you can keep playing. And again, if Colton Freco is 60 or 70%, to me, I want him in this lineup.
0: We're talking to Joey Vitale here on 101 ESPN. Joey, if that is the case for him, who's, who are the defensemen that need to step up? I mean, we've seen, Justin Falk's been great so far this year. But outside of him, who, who do you think needs to step up for that unit to become what we all hoped that they would be?
1: Well, Marco Scandella, when he gets healthy again, and I think he will he will continue to thrive in that role as being a shutdown guy, I think him and, to me, Nico Mikula are the two guys that, that really stand out as far as guys that are going to go out there and kind of do what Colton Pareko does as far as um, shutting down. Uh, the good news is for the Blues, I think they have already power play options. You have Justin Falk, you have Vince Dunn, right? you have Torrey Crew. Uh, power play, you're going to be okay. Five on five with Scandella, you're going to be just fine. And then on the back end with the PK and we have Robert Bortuzzo's going to be back in the lineup. And I really have liked how Nico Mikula's game has really started to come around. Craig Berube has been very impressed by him uh, to the point where it's a 6-on-4. you got to go out there and save a game. And he's got the youngster out there trying to kill this thing off. That didn't work out in his favor. But again, the confidence is there and the showmanship's there on his end where these coaches feel like he can step over the boards and, and do a good job. So I think there are pieces that are going to eat up ice time in Colton Pareko's place. The the Blues, honestly, will be just fine.
2: Joe, do you think um, being out on the road is going to be good for this team? I I mean, they did pick up one victory at home against Arizona, but not the way that they were wanting it to go. O'Reilly called it embarrassing. Do you think it's something as simple as just resetting and hitting back out on the road?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think this team is really good on the road, you know, for whatever reason. Uh, it's a little bit different this year, of course. You're not doing the, 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 the get-togethers and the, and the team dinners and the team beers after games, nothing like that. But there is something to be said about hopping on a plane, right, and going to a city. You know, th- this this is one aspect of the Blues, which I actually think is a, a good advantage for the St. Louis and why they landed in this division and why I think they're going to be successful in this division is because they have these long plane rides, you know. Uh, you look at taking the East Coast team, for example. They're up and they're down. These little puddle jumpers, you're up for 20 minutes and you're down. Well, with the St. Louis Blues being the central part of this country and having to go out west for all these games, they're long plane rides. And that actually is a time where you actually can spend time together. You know, as crazy as it sounds, you can't really social distance on a plane and you can't have, you know, six feet between everybody. And so it actually is a cool little area where everyone is in that same level as far as uh, the protection of, of of the team, the staff, so everyone can kind of mill around a little bit and get used to each other. Guys are playing cards and kind of doing their thing. So, I think that's going to be good. Again, it comes down through relationships. Uh, this this whole sport, to me, it, the success in sports, success in hockey, it really comes through relationships and it comes through uh, how how one player can look down at the bench and he's got to make a decision. Right? We've all been in that place and a bench. You look down to the left, you look down to the right. And you say, do I want to go to bat for this guy? Do I want to go go to bat for that guy? And at the end of the day, you will if you know that he'll do it for you. And that's what a relationship is. And it's really important for championship teams to understand that and and to thrive in that. And it's been tough this year because of COVID and all the rules and regulations about it. It's been hard to get to know your teammates. It's been hard for Troy Crute to get accustomed to things, for Mike Hoffman to get settled in here. I mean, that's all the stuff that you do when you're on the road and you're at dinners and beers. But luckily for the Blues, they have – the plane ride and they do have this little this trip out in arizona the sun i think will do everyone a little bit of good kind of getting away getting a little bit of breather i talked to paul bisson that uh, last week about it he said in scottsdale i mean guys are wearing masks ladies are wearing masks but at the same time that's cowboy country out there so there, <laughs> there's a lot more things that are kind of open in restaurants and it's more free out there so maybe you're right maybe Alex, get out of here a little bit get the chains off a little bit get some sun it could could do everyone probably some
0: good we're talking to Joey Vitale for just another couple of minutes here on one-on-one ESPN. Joey, we've talked a lot about the negatives. Let, let's go a little positive because this blues team, while I know there have been some frustrations lately, uh, they're still a good team. Can we talk about Justin Falk? Are you, are you officially a Falketeer? Grow that mustache out, Joe.
1: I, listen, I, I've been a Falketeer uh, since his time in Carolina, when I had to go up against him, and he was a miserable SOB <laughs> to deal with. I'm telling you, he, he has definitely arrived and it just take it just took time right it just took a little bit of time it took minutes it took it took someone leaving in Petrangelo for him to kind of fill into a role where he felt like it was his you know I had a conversation with him a few weeks ago and one of the things he it really stood out about what's the difference this year that he said was you know last year he's that bottom right defenseman he's on that bottom pair. He stepped over the boards. It was a lot of newness. He'd go out there. He'd make a mistake. He'd have a turnover. Something bad would happen. He'd come back to the bench, and all of a sudden, whoop, his whole turn would get passed on. It'd be Pareco, Petrangelo, then back to Pareko, back to Petrangelo. Then it'd be his turn. So he knew that he was on a very, very tight leash, and it's hard for players to play that way. Players need to feel free. They need to, be, they need to feel safe. And if they're safe, they can be creative and be who they are. And when you're a bottom pair, when you're a fourth liner, like McKenzie McEachern, there is a level of freedom and safety that you just do not have. You have to go out there for McEachern. For example, you have to play fast. You have to stay out of the box and by goodness, do not get scored on. That was something Aaron Ashton told me when I was, we were both in the fourth line of Pittsburgh. He goes, two rules. when you play in the fourth line with me, buddy. We don't take penalties and we don't get scored on. (laughs) And and that, and that's the truth, because if you go out there and you get scored on, you better believe you're going to be on the bench probably the rest of that period, or you take a stupid penalty. Again, you're going you're gonna to get skipped over a couple times. So, for Justin Falk, last year, he made a couple mistakes. He'd be sitting for a couple because you had Petrangelo and pareco He had some heaviness on that right side. So, he just got looked over and looked over, and that can kind of shred your confidence. Now, this year, according to our conversation we had a couple weeks ago about this, he's out there, and he goes, I'm making mistakes, but I come back to the bench, and I'm right back out there. And then I go out there make two more mistakes. I come back to the bench, and I'm right back out there. Well, and then guess what happened in the third shift? Then he do something really great. And in the fourth shift, even better, right? So it gives him the opportunity to go out there, to feel safe, to think no matter what, he's going to get called because this coach needs him, and he feels very needed by this team. And when you do that and you start having a little bit of success, bam, that's where the confidence just takes over and it snowballs. So for Justin Falk, yeah, everything everything has come as advertised. I knew that it'd be a better role for him when Petrangelo left. I didn't think he'd be this good, but certainly he is flying high, and and I think the mustache
0: is leading the way. Oh, and how about that power play? Best shot on the power play, Joey? I mean, I tell you, I don't want to block that thing. I don't (laughs) want to
1: block that. He's a heavy kid. Like, Like, you know, Justin, he's one of those players that's kind of deceiving. You know, he's not super tall, but he's a shorter, kind of really stocky, Kid, you see him walking down the hallway. He's got these big, broad shoulders. He's got this big caboose. He's got these huge legs. He always carries around this camouflage backpack with all this like electricity, it's, like startup stuff. He puts on his body before the game. I mean, he's like a he's a full-on uh, camo commando kind of army, whatever you call those GI
2: Joe people. Because I mean, tell you what, he's a he's a stocky big boy, and he's got a, he's got a rifle. Sounded like you just described Iron Man or something <laughs> like that, Joe. He's putting electric shock on him before games.
1: Yeah, it's like the um, like the electric voltage thing. Like you see the players do it. The, they got these sticky pads, and you, you like slap them on your body in certain areas, and it kind of it kind of shocks you. It like oh, shocks okay. your body, it shocks your muscles, kind of kind of wakes up your nervous system. We well, had a trainer in Arizona. He would do it to some degree, but not quite as scientific and, and with a lot of technology. would
0: just so electrocute trainer, you?
1: Yeah, no, no, a trainer. A trainer would come up to us like in camp. And we wouldn't know he's coming from behind us. And he'd be like, boom. And he'd, like, scare us. And he'd, like, shake us and drive us. And we'd be like, whoa, what are you doing? And he's like, you awake? And you're like, yeah, I am. The idea is that uh, in order to get ready for a game, you have to – your nervous system has to be going. You have to be shocked and ready to go. That's like if you ever jumped into a cold shower, you come out, you're like, ooh, cool let's go i'm ready now let's go because your nervous system is in like it's in fight or flight mode you know so you're ready to go so when you get scared or someone jolts you automatically you go bam you go in a fight zone so you're ready to rock because you get you got jolted and you're scared so your body gets you know turned on so the idea behind these electric voltage things which i never did is, is you know i didn't have, i didn't make enough money to afford it but you <laughs> You slap them on your body and it like, shocks your muscles, and essentially it kind of wakes up your nervous system. I don't know. It seems to be working pretty good
2: for him. Joe, I'm curious. You said Arizona's cowboy country. You played there for a while. You got yourself a nice, nice cowboy hat and cowboy boots?
1: Hey, I do, Alex, but that's for the bedroom, buddy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and Joey Vitale. I don't think there's a better way to end than that one right there. All the best, man. We'll talk with you soon. Hey, boys. Joey Vitale. <laughs> The one and only.
2: You, you learn a lot when you talk with Joe, you know? I, I've learned these more and more. Like, you learn about um, mating Life. cultures for foxes. You learn about electrical outlets that uh, coaches use. And you learn that Joe uh, puts cowboy hats on in the bedroom.
0: Don't think I needed to know that well, last one. Guess what? Now you know it. I mean, I feel more worldly now that I do know it. I but, feel uh, a little dirty after knowing that more than anything. I don't think I needed to know that uh, to his point. I don't know if, if you have an opportunity, you the listener, um, Google John Henderson pregame, John Henderson pregame. I don't know if you remember this guy. He was a defensive tackle for the Jacksonville Jaguars back in the day. And before the game, he would have his trainer slap him across the face. And I'll see if I can find this audio during the break. But John Henderson would have this dude like, slap him as hard as he can, right across the face. He'd say, that ain't good enough, Joe. That ain't good enough. I want to feel blood from my DM mouth. It was. Are we sure that's not Dan Campbell, the head coach for the Lions? <laughs> now? it might have been him. Um, it was. Yikes! It was wild. And so Joey, set, telling that story about how the uh, the Coyotes trader used to do something similar, it reminded me of John Henderson. Coming up next, Glad that's five, what you seven, got eight reminded eight oh from is. the Air Comfort Service text line. Better forget it on 101 ESPN. Boy, that escalated quickly.
1: I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it?